everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we try to answer once and for all, what is the best comic book adaptation? Yes, be it movie or TV show, we'll watch it and rank it until one stands as our definitive number one. And who's we? Well, I'm your host Andrew, and as per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Mick. Hello! And Rob. Hello! So, how are we doing today, guys? Not too bad, but I have got a problem with your intro. Oh, no. Because because what you infer is that we will keep on doing this until we have um, a definitive number one comic book adaptation. The problem is, in order for that to be the case, we need to kill all of Hollywood. Otherwise, they'll just keep making them. Yes, and that's why the podcast is going to run until kind of the heat death of the universe. Slash, when New Mutants comes out. <laughs> Whichever is the sooner. Yeah, but that in that suggests that New Mutants would be the greatest comic book adaptation of all. And nothing can be better than that, so no, you might no, as well stop no, trying. All, no, all, all that would suggest is that New Mutants was the last comic book adaptation of them all. Yes, which at this point it seems likely. God, can you imagine one day there might be people listening back to this who live in a world where the New Mutants movie came out? I mean, to, to be fair, by the time the New Mutants comes out, it'll probably be a documentary. We'll have evolved the next gene. What if it comes out and it's just pretty good? <laughs> like everyone, everyone just watches this, goes, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. And then that's it. We just never talk or think about it ever again. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you back on your medication, Andrew. Anyway, it's fine. You mutants. Much like Hollywood itself, we're going to put that to one side for the moment because it's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> but one day, maybe. Yes. But now it is time to do one last thing and then it's done. As we behold, Road to Perdition. Yes, today we are talking about Road to Perdition, the 2002 film directed by Sam Mendes with screenplay by David Hall and cinematography by Conrad L. Hall, who I know we don't usually mention cinematographers, but I, I do have quite a few specific cinematography things I wanted to talk about, so it seemed fair to check his name in. And it is based on the graphic novel by Max Allen Collins and Richard Piers Rayner. So, Road Petition, the comic. Have we read it? Do we like it? Um, I've read it. Um, I read it a long time ago. And I'll be honest, I kind of prefer the film to the comic. Uh, and I'm going to be honest and say that I didn't even know it was based on a comic until you suggested it was going to be the next film that we covered on the show. <laughs> well, yeah, well, to be honest, Mick, I'm, like, I'm glad you said that. That is one of the big reasons why I wanted to include it on the show. Yeah. So I do like that there are quite a few films that people don't realise are based on comics. And, and it's cool to kind of chuck those in amongst the usual uh, superhero fare. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I th well, um, I think it's uh, great that we're including movies like Road to Perdition. Um, I, it's, it's one of those films that people forget is a Sam Mendes film, for a start. Um, when, you, when people talk, you know, when the, all of the... When the guys who do Cinema Eclectica, for example, talk about Sam Mendes films, they always forget Road to Perdition. And it's one of those films where I think it's it's very underrated and kind of understated for what it is. See, I do, it's even it's weird to call it understated because I feel like it's a film that if you bring it up, people will say, "Oh yeah, that's right, that is a good film." Yeah, exactly. But it's just it's maybe one that hasn't stuck in the public consciousness that much yeah uh i mean the number of people who when I, if i say to them road to perdition and they go oh yeah that's a great film and i say it's based on a graphic novel they go really and of course we, we say it's a great film i mean is it a great film we don't know yet stay tuned to find out listeners don't spoil the ending rob 
No, I'm just saying what other people say to me. I didn't say what I think. That that's good because maybe maybe I'm not one of those people. Ooh, mystery. Yeah, we haven't discussed it yet. That's why we're doing this. Anyway, I for one have read about a third of Rotopedition like two days ago. And what did you think? I I think yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's maybe not the kind of thing. I would have read, if not for the fact we were doing a movie on it, but yeah, it's a fun little the pulpy gangster adventure story. But it's also, um, we should maybe just throw out, throw out there a film based on a comic book, based on a manga. Yep. <clears throat> well, yeah. hold on, I, I didn't think we were doing Inception. Well, it's it wouldn't be the first film based on a comic book based on a manga, um, and it won't be the last. But the thing is, um, Road to Perdition is one of those uh, one of those films. Well, one of those graphic novels where the base idea of it came from Lone Wolf and Cub and um, uh, by Koike Kazuo and uh, the you know Lone Wolf and Cub is probably the most influential manga to come out of Japan during the 20th century. And it's influenced a hell of a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you're not aware of Lone Wolf and Cub, if you've seen, like, a TV show or a film or read a book or a comic where it's, like, a dad and his son and they're on the run and they got to have adventures and stuff, yep. that's Lone Wolf and Cub. It comes from that. Yep. So, yeah, and uh, Max Collins has been like very clear that yeah, Road to Perdition was a deliberate homage to that. So we're not just being like, what would I say? It's a rip off, basically. No, I mean, uh, the, the, it, you know, there's homage and there's uh, there's rip off and there's homage, and Road to Perdition is clearly an homage. Um, but even stuff like Samurai Jack is an homage to Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, I mean, I think Samurai Jack specifically had a Lone Wolf and Cub episode, didn't it? Yep, absolutely. Samurai Jack is cool. I wish I could lie and say it's based on a comic book and do an episode on it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean, Jim Zub was involved with it, wasn't he? With Samurai he Jack. He writes comic books. He was involved with the Samurai Jack comic book, yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a, that's a tenuous enough link for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Andrew. You're welcome. But yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it's it's interesting that uh, you know uh, when you look at Western media, just the amount of stuff that is based on Lone Wolf and Cub. I mean, there's sections of Sin City, which we've already covered the movie of, or the first movie of. There's parts of Sin City, as in the graphic novels, that are based on Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, there's you know Cable the character. There's bits of Bits of the cable story that are based on Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, the Road, I think, was it Vigo Mortensen in that one? Yeah, yeah, Vigo Mortensen and some kid. Yeah. Who, maybe, spoiler alert for later in this episode, is, is secretly also an actor that I know. <laughs> so, um, tell us what Road to Perdition is about, then, Andrew. Why, thank you, Rob. I shall do so as I do my synopsis for this film story. And just before I dive into it, heads up, this will contain spoilers for the film in this and the uh, the discussion coming after. Although it has been out for 18 years. Exactly. You had your chance. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've been in lockdown, really. What have you been waiting for? So, Road to Perdition, the film follows uh, Michael Sullivan, played by Tom Hanks, who is an enforcer for mobster John Rooney, Paul Newman, in, I think this was his final role, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, who, and he treats him basically as the son he never had, much to the annoyance of Rooney's actual son, Connor, Daniel Craig, who's none too pleased about that. So, after Michael's son, Michael Jr., Junior Tyler. And now, do we want to take a guess at how you pronounce Tyler's last name? It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, so this is H-O-E-C-H-L-I-N. 
what I, what I like about it is if you um, look him up on Wikipedia, it's got one of those little pronunciation guides next to his name, and it's no help. How do you spell his surname? H O E C H L I N. That's why I call him Tyler, because the pronunciation of that looks like <laughs> Tyler Hort. Hort? Eh, eh, exactly. Ty- Tyler Hort. Is that C H L I N? Yeah. Tyler Hockley? Well, it's okay, because I looked up not just how to pronounce it, but specifically how the man himself pronounces it. And? And skipping back a bit. So, after Michael's son, Michael Jr., Tyler Hecklin. Oh, that's that's not it. But, But what about the O? I know. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this one of those OE things, like in the word Phoenix? Well, no, because that would make him Heaklin. Yeah, but, you know, we are speaking... Basically, he's a man with a silent O in his name. So, so basically, what happens is, baby Superman... Yeah, baby Superman. ...goes on the run with gangster Gump, running away from old man Cool Hand Luke... Because they've upset James Bond, and as part of the betrayal, they send the talented Mr. Ripley after him. Is that about it? I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's after Michael Jr. After Michael Jr. witnesses Michael and Connor carry out a hit, Connor decides to kill Michael and his whole family under the pretense of making sure there are no witnesses, uh, being a, a bit of a rube, as they say. He bungles the job, though, only managing to take out Michael's wife and their other son. And boy, if you had just told me, without me seeing it in the cast list, that Michael's wife is played by Jennifer Jason Lee, I would not have believed you. She looks completely different in that film. Yeah, I, I, I saw her name come up in the credits uh, at the beginning of the film, and I was still looking after uh, out for her in the film <laughs> about 20 minutes after her character had been killed. I was like... <laughs> So, Michael and Michael Jr. then go on the run, first attempting to get Jr. to family in the town of Perdition, before switching tactics and taking revenge on the mob, once they realise they're being pursued by the ghoulish hitman of Maguire, Jude Law. So, while our first ever relationship is strained, the father and son team bond as they carry out a plan to rob the mob-controlled banks in Chicago to give them something to trade for Connor's life. But unfortunately, that doesn't go to plan. And Michael realises that the only way to save his son and get revenge is to damn himself by betraying the man he loves like a father. And then there's a bit where it's like at night in the rain and he's got a Tommy gun and it's all in like oh, yeah. slow motion and tinkly music plays as a greatest thing. Tell, tell, me, tell me that scene wasn't fantastic. <laughs> that scene was fantastic. I mean, there are a lot of very fantastic yeah. films in it. Films f- films in that scene. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, discussion time. <laughs> guys, fantastic scenes in the film. Guys, do we like this very good film? Yes. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm usually averse to leading questions like that, but yes, it was a very good film. And the, the thing is, um, when it came out, I saw the posters and everything. Yeah. And ignored it totally because it just looked like another gangster movie. Yeah, and I think at around the same time there was quite a slew of them. There were things like Gangs of New York, and yeah, there were early noughties. and so I, I, yeah. I, I was kind of the same. I was a little bit bored of it, bored of it all. But then someone, and it's it's never been a genre that appealed to me. So, well, someone told me it was based on the based on a graphic novel, and that got me interested in watching it. So I went and watched it, and I was like, "Wow, this is, you know, this is something else." This is, you know, why why does nobody know about this? Know about this? Yeah. See, I feel like I kind of came in on the opposite end of that, of going, oh yeah, gangsters, they've all got like trench coats and fedoras and Tommy guns, and they're really cool. And ooh, this is a good gangster film. I'm going to watch that. And oh my god, it's so much better than just like 
cool. Now I'm going to plug you, you filthy palooka, blah, blah, blah. Wasn't that around the time when Johnny Depp did that awful uh, Bonnie and Clyde movie as well? I think you mean Public Enemy. Public Enemy, that which, was it. Which about? Yeah, the, the John Dillinger one. Yeah, yeah, John Dillinger, sorry. Yeah, it must be similar. Uh, it was around that time, uh, I think. I, I feel like that was later, like kind of 2008-ish. I don't know. If what? only I had some kind of internet-connected device with which I could search that. <laughs> All you get is a yeah. little, uh, 80s rap when you, <laughs> when you Google it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it came out in 2009. Was it? Wow. I thought it was earlier than that. Yeah. No, I it's, mean, just, far, I, I th- it's just the painful memory lasts longer. <laughs> and I think kind of the thing with Rotopedition hmm. is it just, it doesn't feel like it came out in 2002. Like you could have told me this came out five years ago and I'd probably believe you. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a certain timeless... Um, feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah. If if, if 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 someone turned around to you and showed you a chunk from the middle, because obviously at the beginning you've got all the credits and that would age it. Slightly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if someone just showed you something from the middle act of this film and said, when do you think that was made? They'd, I think they'd struggle to tell you. They'd probably, they'd probably say it was made pre-digital and that would be about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'd probably switch on Supergirl and see Superman and go, bloody hell, Tyler Hecklin aged, didn't he? <laughs> well, you see, I refuse to believe it's the same Tyler Hecklin. I mean, Tyler Hecklin now doesn't look like that kid grown up. No. <laughs> see, you say that, but the weird thing is, like, the shape of his head is different. But, like, the eyes look the same, so it's like they just... Surgically removed his eyes, stuck them on a new body. I, 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 are you saying there's some weird case of Hollywood face-off going on? <laughs> are they just swapping I mean, actors' faces? What would make, make it complete is if in the uh, forthcoming Superman Arrowverse series, uh, Tom Hanks made a guest appearance as Pa Kent. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if the, he would play the hell out of Park Ends. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just thinking because you know if they did another kind of multiverse event, maybe you got Kevin Costner as Park Kent versus Tom Hanks as Park Kent versus Jennifer Jason Leigh as Mark Kent. No, versus uh, versus whoever else is Park Kent from like all the different. Uh, multiverses, <laughs> and you're like he's my son. Now he's my boy, and then Cal- uh, Jor-El's just in the background, you know. <laughs> just oh, actually, that's people. a good question. Do we want Tom Hanks as as Park Kent or Tom Hanks as Jor-El, Ooh, and just have like a floating Tom Hanks head that appears occasionally? Oh, that's <laughs> that, that's uh, that's that that's like Zardoz all over again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> floating Tom Hanks head. That's that. I, I, do you know the do you know the weird thing? There's something actually quite appealing about that. Well, <laughs> just other, appears at random and gives you book, advice. Other than co- other comic book related appearances by the cast of Perdition, <laughs> Road to Perdition, um, there's some stunning cinematography throughout this film. Yeah, I mean, there's a a focus pull zoom under some. Um, I think they're railway support girders. Now, normally, those kind of things, they focus on the character rather than the scenery. But this one, it focuses on the symmetry of the arch, and it just looks stunning. Well, I mean, didn't it win the Oscar for cinematography? Yeah, yeah, Conrad L. Hall, he won that Oscar, sadly, posthumously. Yeah. And I think it was a really cool idea that him and Sam Mendes had that, they based all the cinematography off Edward and Hopper paintings. That see, that explains a lot. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't know who Edward Hopper is, um, look up Nighthawks. It's definitely you will have seen that painting before. Yeah, yeah. Because I and, yeah, and those pictures they are very like heavily based on some stunning architecture. Yeah, I mean um, just. I'm just looking at uh, some of the awards. It won best cin- best cinematography 
for uh, at the Oscars, but it was nominated in six categories. And uh, Best Supporting Actor for Paul Newman, uh, Best Production Design, Best Original Score, Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing. It was in three categories for the BAFTAs and won two of them, Best Cinematography, Best Production Design. It, uh, Paul Newman was nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. And it won the American Society of Cinematography. So not just Wait. us that think it's a good film, then. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice to know that people share our opinions. I mean, it's it's one it's one of those things. You know how everyone keeps saying, "Oh, you know, um, a comic book new movies never won an Os- never won an Oscar until like Suicide Squad." It's uh, uh, <laughs> quite literally we all forgot. Wrote a petition, won an Oscar before then. I know because again, like to, like everyone just forgets it's based on a graphic novel. Yeah. And the thing is, even uh, even the uh, author of the graphic novel said he couldn't see any other way to do the movie other than the way it was done. Yeah. So he also wrote the novelization for it. Yeah. Which I, th- I thought it was a fun little touch. But I mean, uh, the, I mean, there's there's some differences between the graphic novel and the movie. Obviously, there's got to be. Yeah, I think the uh, the movie definitely focuses a lot more on kind of like the personal drama side of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, and in the comic, in the graphic novel, there was a there was a succession of hitmen. I think it was a bit more episodic, and it was the storytelling style was a bit more like Lone Wolf and Cub. I'm, uh, I'm, I must admit, and, and I've not seen the graphic novel at all, but um, the sort of early, well, probably the first act, uh, where you're learning a little bit about um, life in the Sullivan family. Yeah. That felt more like the kind of thing that would be told in flashback in a graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah, because so, yeah, the graphic novel definitely like very quickly just sets up Michael O'Sullivan is a hitman betrayed by his boss, family's dead, gotta get the son, gotta go on the run. Yeah, and uh, you know, then you got the succession of hitmen who were <clears throat> who were hired to basically uh, kill him, and it, weirdly enough, it's a little bit John Wick at times in the graphic novel. <laughs> And you can thing is you can see where some of the inspiration for John Wick came from when you read the Road to Perdition graphic novel. Um, but they kind of rolled ev- all of those hitmen into Jude Law. <laughs> I know it's bizarre to say it, but it, that's kind of what happened. I mean, he's an odd fish, isn't he, Maguire? Yeah, he is. Uh, so, so speaking of Maguire. That's I think one of the coolest things about this film is that it's not just really great performances. It's great performances for a lot of people playing against type as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's Jude Law and he's not like this suave, handsome hitman. He's this weird like I mean, like I said, ghoulish guy. But like he's all hunched over, his face is pale, he's got yellow teeth and like long fingernails. And he's just a bit of a creep, isn't he? Isn't he a crime scene photographer? Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, yeah. He, I, I think he pretends he to be a crime yeah, scene. He poses. Yeah. yeah. Um, do, do you know the interesting thing is that Maguire isn't actually in the graphic novel. He's a character. No, yeah, he's he's made up for the film. Yeah. Um, and his the point of him was to kind of uh, distill the essence of all those different assassins. And I think that's one of the reasons why he ended up as this weird, ghoulish character, as you say. But he so works. He works so well in the film. Like, I just, I love that whole scene when he first meets Tom Hanks in the diner. Yeah. And he's just sort of like crouched over his, his coffee and he's kind of fiddling about with his camera. And they're just having that like very tense conversation. Yeah. God, and just a bit the end. Like I, I love how this kind of like those mirrored scenes mm. where Connor kills the family, and then you think he's gonna he's seen Michael through a window, but he's actually just looking at his own reflection. Yeah. And then that's kind of mirrored at the end with uh Michael just looking out the window. 
and he can't see that uh, Maguire's just like sat in the chair behind him. Yeah. yeah. And like even the audience, if you don't know he's there, you probably won't see him. Yeah. It's just... <sighs> This God, was, it's such a good film. The thing is, there's so it many is. good things you can say about this film. It's, it, it, it's would, it, would it be quicker for us to say what sucks about this film? Um, I mean, probably, but it's going to be less fun. It's a very wet film. I, I mean, I'm struggling <laughs> to think of anything off that, the top of my head. That's, but, that's uh, literally the only thing I can say. It's a very wet film. There's a lot of water yeah. in this film. <laughs> yeah, that, that is one of those things where I feel like going in as one does. Oh, silly me playing things up in my mind. Whatever I think of road tradition, I just picture every scene as being in heavy rainfall. Exactly. That's because every scene's in heavy rainfall. <laughs> and that, that's the thing. Uh, that's the, that's literally the only th- the only bad thing about this film, I suppose. Um. Yeah, but I mean, even even then, I think causing it calling it a criticism is 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 like it's a deliberate motif. Like the idea is. Water in the film is supposed to represent the fact that someone's going to die. Yeah, and you know, so you you just kind of go, well, you know, it can't be a criticism, but I've got to pick some kind of flaw. I mean, look, if we're talking flaws, that there is one we can nitpick at, and that is, of course, Daniel Craig's accent. Oh, 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 yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but Daniel but, Craig I mean, still part of me respects the fact that the man can't do an American accent to save his life but damn it he's still going to keep trying I, Daniel Craig is the master of the bad American accent I mean uh, how do you think he got the role in Knives Out <laughs> <laughs> exactly so really it's not even a criticism because without Rota Perdition we never would have got Daniel Craig in a knit jumper bellowing like Foghorn Leghorn I do believe there's been a murder. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, a part of him must must think, this sounds awful, but I'm having so much fun and they can't say anything about it. And to be fair, I think that's also like a testament to him as an actor, is that you kind of don't care that his accent's bad. Yeah. The, uh, the I mean, it, it is it is interesting that Road to Perdition is one of those movies where, uh, where it kind of it shows just how good an actor Daniel Craig actually is. In fact, it shows just how good an actor all of them are, because um, everyone because Daniel Craig obviously gets typecast as Bond, and Bond does it really require that much acting? No, it's it's mostly kind of glowering, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the other thing is that it's shown into um, sharp relief against uh, Paul Newman's Irish American yeah. accent, which is so subtle, yeah, and dis- but but so on the nose as a an American accent, but with Irish overtones. Yeah, it, 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 you can hear it in certain words, the way yeah. the way he actually says certain words. It's not your stereotypical. Uh, well, I, I believe the dialect itself in Hollywood is called Irish, O I R I S H. See, uh, I, 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 I find as, as exemplified in Inch yeah. when you see back, when you see flashbacks to uh, Angel's uh, life in rural Ireland as a vampire. <laughs> yeah, uh... wait. It's okay. It's okay. I've got it. I've sorted it. What? I've, I've fixed the one problem we had with this film. Daniel Craig, right? He's deliberately doing a worse Irish American accent than Paul Newman to highlight the fact that while um, John Rooney is kind of this masterful, subtle master mobster, Connor's just this brash but massively incompetent screw up. It, you know, um, that was another change from the graphic novel. His name, uh, he, he's not called Rooney in the graphic novel. He's called Looney. Yeah, which is weird because, like, John Patrick Looney was a real-life mobster. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess if they hadn't changed the name, they might have needed to stick to established history, and then we wouldn't have 
Paul Newman sadly said to Tom Hanks, I'm glad it was you. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, one of the biggest differences between the the graphic novel and the film is that a lot of the violence has been toned down. I mean, Road to Perdition, is it a violent movie, would you say? It's nowhere near... I'm, it's no, it's no, it's no more violent than any other gangster film. Yeah, uh, but I mean, uh, in the graphic novel, it's uh, you know you have uh, heads being blown, uh, you know heads kind of back of them being blown out and necks being sliced and stuff like that. It, it's a lot more graphic. The word the word graphic actually does apply to the to the well, graphic I, novel. I, I, I think back. I don't, when was the graphic novel published? Nineteen ninety eight. Ninety-eight. So only so, four years back, before. But yeah, but back back then, I think there was a lot more licensing graphic novels than there were in movies of the time. Yeah, because because yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, it, I think that's still kind of the case, to be honest. <laughs> it, it is, but I, I guess it depends on what kind of audience you're trying to reach. So we've now got to the stage whereby you can have an R-rated comic book movie, but it it cuts off a whole part of your comic book movie audience. Well, I mean, the thing is, when you watch the film, I think it works so much better without all of the excessive violence. And there is an argument that any kind of violent or horror um, film works better without graphic rivers of blood and spurts and awful splattering everywhere simply because your mind does more of the work which makes it more horrifying or more yeah yeah and i think it can be more effective if you occasionally throw in those more violent things like at the end of the film when you can see kind of michael's shirt and it's really heavily stained with blood Mm. and i think that makes it a lot more effective given that there's not been that much Kind of visible blood throughout the movie. Yeah. Kind of it really hammers home. Oh no, that's it. He's he's done for. Yeah. That and uh, also just I've I've remembered even more scenes that I really like. <laughs> well, I, I was I was about to say that, and when you look at kind of the uh, the coloration of the movie all the way through, um, the red shirt really kind of stands out as well. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's another one of those kind of things where it's like. Influenced by Edward Hopper. Yeah. Where it's like, it's mostly quite muted, except for some sort of specific colours. It's interesting because um, when we were talking about Sin City, that was, you know, the, uh, was it, uh, I forgot his name. You know, the one with the, with all the, uh, with all that uh, story arc with all the prostitutes and the versus the police and everything. Yeah. That scene where, sorry. Dwight. Yeah, Yeah, Dwight, that was it. Dwight, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that scene where uh, he's uh, driving in the car and he's got uh, Benicio del Toro with the kind of uh, the gun sticking out of his forehead or the pipe or whatever it is, and then you got the just it's all black and white except for the coloration of the flashing red and yellow light from the police car. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. It's definitely like less profound than in that film, but yeah, there's still like a similar impact. Yeah. Anyway, Joe else was some really cool bits. Go on, then. Go on. So, first of all, if we're talking adaptation, um, one of the scenes that I'm really glad they kept pretty much as is from the comic, mm. the bit where kind of Michael's just been betrayed by Connor, but he doesn't know it yet. He goes to deliver that note to the guy in the club. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. and, and, the no- and the note says, like, kill Sullivan and all your debts are paid. And then there's just that really tense moment of kind of everyone eyeing each other down and then Tom Hanks just like grabs the gun just like pops the one guy and then pops the other guy mm. also apparently that was all Tom Hanks really? like the yeah yeah apparently were, there wasn't a stunt double involved wow which yeah I mean when you think of Hollywood stars who are like masters of the quick draw Tom Hanks yeah. is not the name that pops up. <laughs> no, it's not. Tom Hanks is like the nicest guy in Hollywood. And you think, does he actually own a gun? <laughs> well, no, I really want I'm... him to be in like John Wick 4. <laughs> what, is like John Wick's mentor? Oh, wow. Yes. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? 
Oh, 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 what if they had him as old man John Wick? But that's it. Yeah, he, the, well, no, keep John Wick as John Wick, but he could be the mentor. He could be, you know, like, uh, he could be Misty Miyagi to, uh, <laughs> to Daniel's son. Yeah. Also, the, the problem with your theory, Mick, is yeah. that John Wick is played by Keanu Reeves. And That's if history's true. taught us anything, it's it, the old man John Wick <laughs> looks exactly the same as Keanu Reeves has looked his entire life. Yeah, that is true. That is true. The only difference between Keanu Reeves now and Keanu Reeves in um, Bill and Ted is a haircut. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, just the one. Just yeah, the one. just the one. I mean, the, the the great thing about do you know what one what one of the things about I love about uh, this film is the fact that. Um, According to uh, the, uh, the what was the graphic novel author's name again? It was uh, oh, Max uh, Allen Max, Collins. Max yeah. Collins. Yeah, Max Collins. According to Max Collins, about two thirds of the movie is actually taken straight from the graphic novel, which is just it's it's remarkable when you think about it. Because normally the normally it's kind of you know aside from when you look at like the superhero movies and stuff like that aside from say the main characters they make a lot of changes in the background i mean you just look at fan forstick for that uh to kind of prove the point but then you know they'll keep like the the origin maybe but they'll do this and this and this and this and then it'll be like very different to other versions of that story that have been told in the comics but rod Perdition, you know for a lot of it is quite close yeah, and I think obviously part of that is just it's easier when you do have a single work that is like beginning to end that you can take from rather than like decades worth of different stories. Yeah. But I think this film does do a very good job of keeping enough so that it's recognisable as the comic, but also knowing like where to make changes. Yeah. And then also doing a really cool scene where it's like all one shot of Tom Hanks just striding through a hotel, walking into oh, Daniel Craig's that was, bathroom, that was just blast him in twice and walking off. Yeah, that was just amazing. Because yeah. it, it literally was, a, I mean, that is, uh, we now call that like a John Wick moment, because that's basically what he did at the end of John Wick, wasn't it? The first film? Yeah, yeah, just that idea of, I don't actually care about my enemy as a person. So I'm just going to very casually get the job done and leave. Yeah. But it's also just like that smooth one shot as it like tracks him through the hotel room. It's just, it's very good. Oh, yes. And like, I like it as like a uh, sort of a narrative tool where it's like, so to explain it within the context of the film, Tom Hanks um kills well, Tom Hanks kills John Rooney I should really like decide if I'm going to call people by their character names or their actor <laughs> names but anyway he, he kills him basically as part of an understanding with the mob that you know if John's dead then Connor's going to take over and while we are protecting Connor as a favour to John we certainly don't want him in charge yeah I don't like that it's just that immediate Right, okay, John's dead. Tom Hanks, do your thing. See, I, I I love the fact that you keep referring to Tom Hanks as Tom Hanks, but all the other characters are just the characters from the film. Yeah. yeah. But it's because you kind of want Tom Hanks to be like that. Yeah. But uh, this is the thing. If you, if you made Tom Hanks like Hollywood's enforcer, which, oh, God, I so wish he was. I mean, that's a film idea right there, isn't it? <laughs> Tom Hanks, Hollywood Enforcer. <laughs> <laughs> with, that, with that basketball as his sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> and no one dare tell him it's just a basketball. No, because uh, <laughs> he, he, he wouldn't... Because uh, if you're going to go Tom Hanks, Hollywood Enforcer, then why not just... Take the take a leaf out of John Wick's book and give him give him a un, like a small orange dog to represent both the dog and basketball and call it Wilson because then when he's going Wilson, <laughs> no no yes, I, think, I think you just have a basketball called Wilson that is the enforcer's sidekick and no one in Hollywood dare tell him that he's just having conversations with a basketball. 
but the, the but the basketball is his moral compass. It's like it's like two faces coin. Yeah, but I'm 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 referring back to Turner and Hooch with the dog reference. Yeah, but that's referring back to a Tom Hanks that we don't want to associate with anymore because we've got the road to perdition, Tom Hanks. <laughs> you can reference too much in a single reference. <laughs> Have we? Uh, are we just overdosing on Tom Hanks in this episode? I think we might. I be mean, so is, is that a thing? <laughs> I mean, how much? How much Tom Hanks is too much? <laughs> I don't know. Answers on a postcard to the usual address. Tom is he's so good though. Exactly. Like, like remember that bit where it's like he's in the diner with his with Michael Jr. after they've done the bank robbery. Yes. And Michael's like, okay, I want my share. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want two hundred dollars? Exactly. It's like, okay. There you go. And then like the like, wait. I have asked for more. And then there's just a beat. And Tom Hanks says, You'll never know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, that, that, I, I love that scene because um, Road to Perdition is just, it, it, is a, it is a grim movie in a lot of ways, but there are just moments like that where you can't help but smile. Yeah. Because it's one, mean, uh, that was one of the moments where you look at it and Tom Hanks was kind of, it, it was weird because in that moment, you know, Tom Hanks wasn't a hitman, wasn't a cold bloody killer. He was a dad looking at his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like that's exactly why he is the perfect fit for this movie. Yeah, I mean, he, the 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 man is a chameleon. He can he can do anything. He is, and it's good because like those are the moments that like really make you care about the characters too. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's one of those. It's one of those things where if you if you just wrote down facts about what that character does to get through life, you'd probably find that not one of the characters, apart from possibly Michael Jr., is a likable character. Yeah, it's, but, it's, well, it's that great it, line, isn't it, when like he's confronting Paul Newman and he just yells, we're all murderers here, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. It's It's that... It it managed to successfully make a killer into a, se- a sympathetic character for the for you to believe in as a protagonist. It's a bit like the Dexter series. It's you know you like the lead character, but they're a killer. Yeah, <laughs> that's not. I mean, that also does depend on what series of Dexter we're talking about, with with regards to how likable Dexter is. Mm. Well, yeah, but I mean, generally speaking, he's the protagonist, and he's got the code, and that's how you get behind him. He's still, he's still your lead protagonist. He's still the character that you're supposed to root for. You don't want the cops to catch him, etc., etc., etc. Until he goes off and hides in a cabin. I still can't believe that's how that show ended. I know. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, I'm going to somewhat controversially say I think we've spent enough time just gushing about how great Rota Perdition is. Yeah. And now we must move on to the important work of figuring out where it ranks on our list of worst to best, going from Sin City at number one to Ang Lee's Hulk at number 12. Um, I'm... I'm Well, I, I, I think Ang Lee is safe. Yeah, I think Ang Lee's safe as well. Um, for me, Sin City is totally not safe. In fact, I'll be honest. I think Road to Perdition is the best one so far. I think I think it's number one for me. I mean, I I was going to put it number two, but only because I haven't read the graphic novel, so don't know how faithful an adaptation it is. And that's the only that's my only minus point for it. And Daniel Craig's accent, but then. If I was going to downgrade every film just because of Daniel Craig's accent, you know. Yeah, Knives Out would be an awful film, and you can't, <laughs> you just can't, because Daniel well, I Craig's accent. So. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but Daniel Craig's accent makes half of that film. It is. So, what I'm going to say is 
I know over the past few shows, I've kind of I've liked to have a bit of a joke at being oh Sin City. Yeah. But it is it's genuinely a very well crafted film, and I enjoy it a lot. Road to Perdition is significantly a better film. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So I think I mean, look, while we were talking, like before we moved on to the ranking, I opened up the ranking list, put my cursor next to Sin City and pressed enter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not saying this was rigged. Uh, well, it, it can't it can't be rigged because I mean uh, we all have our own opinions. But Road to Perdition is just that good of a movie. It's that good of an adaptation. I mean, a, a lot of it is faithful to the original graphic novel. Um, you know, it, it, it's. And, and as I say, my 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 placing it second to Sin City is only because I know. Yeah, since it is a good adaptation. Exactly, uh, of but, the comics. But once you've had a chance to read Road to Perdition, you'll see just how good an adaptation it is, and the changes that they made for the movie, they really work. You know, and you, when you've read the graphic novel, you just kind of look at the movie and you go, "They couldn't really have done this any other way. There wasn't really a way to actually improve on what they've done." Because I know that Sam Mendes wanted to do a sequel to Road to Perdition, uh, Road to Purgatory, I think it was. Well, that's what... But now, I saw something when I was doing research for the show about Road to Purgatory. Because there, there were basically there were two sequels, Road to Purgatory and Road to Paradise, which were, uh, I think they were just straight-up novels. Yeah, I think the idea of, like, the, the sequels focusing on just Michael Jr. and then the third one was like his son so michael jr jr michael jr squared yes exactly but yeah they don't have movies though so who cares about him yeah, yeah. but um i do uh sam mendes was reportedly wanting to do a sequel to road to perdition but i don't think it ever appeared um but i think road to perdition just on its own is just i'm if you want a lesson in cinematography, just watch this film. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just, it's a very complete experience, isn't it? Like, I didn't come out thinking they, they need to make another one of these. Yeah. I uh, that, That's why I was confused about the about Sam Mendes wanting to make Road to Purgatory. Because whenever, uh, whenever I think about Road to Perdition, having watched it recently again, I still don't see the point of a, of a sequel to it. No, it is a perfectly self-contained story. I mean, I guess, I guess, as a a kind of um, almost macabre interest in how the effects, how the events of that film affect uh, Michael Junior. growing up, um, and, and what kind of adult he, he becomes. But you don't need it. It doesn't. It doesn't leave you feeling bereft of that explanation at the end of the film. You've got a complete and total um, self-contained story. It needs no sequel, really. Yeah. And you know, um, Tom Hanks. Uh, I mean, the- oh, no, 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 no. That's why you need the sequel, so you can have. More Tom Hanks. Yeah, but uh, we're oh, at... The ghost of Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm just explaining that, you know, um, if Sin City had had Tom Hanks in, then, you know, maybe there were certain areas where the film would have been better, but I don't see how. Um, but unfortunately, I, 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 it's a weird thing. I feel the lack of... A lack of Tom Hanks in City even more now that I've gone back and watched Road to Perdition again. And I know that sounds weird, but... Anyway, no. We've already spent so long talking about how good Tom Hanks is. But it's done. We're at the end now. Road to Perdition, it's our new number one. I suspect it might be staying there for quite some time. Depending on which films come up uh, come up in the future. And whether they've got Tom Hanks in. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's about it from us. If you want to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. And you can also listen to our other podcast, the Comics Review Show 4 panel, 
on the Geek Show Podcast Network. And if you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us at Twitter at beholdpod. Also, if you're a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you did leave us a review uh, just on whatever app you're using. It is the best way to help us grow and get us seen by more people. So with that, uh, I think all that's left to say is thanks for listening. I've been your host, Andrew, and I've been joined by... Nick. And Rob. So until next time, we'll see you later. God, one of these days, one of these days we'll have a catchy sign-off. Yes. (laughs) And uh, that'll be after the episode where we cover the new mutants. Probably. Exactly. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Hello everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we try to answer once and for all, what is the best comic book adaptation? It's that yes, one. Yes. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Sorry. my co-host Rob, for introducing yourself before the intro. We have the same intro, Rob. The same intro. No, sorry, uh, I was answering someone else. <laughs> Mum's just. How are you answering somewhere? Someone else. Just there are only three of us on the podcast. No, Mum's just. One of us was talking. Mum's just poked her head through the door, asking asking me a question. Sorry. Uh, That's ridiculous. I know we should restart, but I kind of want to keep that in because <laughs> it was just so well timed. <laughs> so you're going to keep in the bit where Rob explains the voices in his head. I think we start again and then we stick that on at the end. Is going <laughs> deleted scenes. <laughs> Patreon extra. It's what they're paying for. Don't be saying no one pays for this show, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Justice. We'll pay. For uh, oh, oh, oh! We. <laughs> Not my fault this time. Not my <laughs> fault Listen, this time. <laughs> if I could maybe just introduce the short at some point, that would be fun. Go on then. <laughs> <laughs>